What's up, guys? I'm Chelsea Hernandez, music editor at Swagger RS, and you're now tuned into my podcast, Time Out, where I have conversations with music-related subjects about their workings in music. Hey, y'all. What's up? It's Chelsea, and I am here with Lavelle Adams-Gray. How are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. So you play Drew in Power Book 2 Ghost. How has that been? It's been fantastic. Um, We got a good family, uh, you know, a great cast that just loves the show. Um, We get get along really well. We have good chemistry, I feel. And uh, yeah, it's been nothing but a beautiful experience. That's awesome. How was it auditioning for that? Like, what was that whole process like? And what about the, I guess, Power series made you want to go into that and be a part of that? I think like, the, the well, Going back to your first question about the audition, I think like what made it so special was that I was coming off of an audition that felt that felt I was cheated out of something. It felt like I um, I expected to go into the room and work with a director that you know was very engaging and exciting and loved loved acting. Uh, when I got into the room, it felt very businessy. And then when I went to this audition for Power, it was everything I wanted. Um, it was a very fulfilling experience. It was, you know, I got to work with Anthony Hemingway and he was just, you know, let's play with the scenes, do it a different way. Let's, you know, let's engage. And in, I feel like, you know, as an actor, you want to, if you're going to take your time to go into a room and audition and fly, you know, fly from one country to another to audition for something, that's what you want to experience you want to experience you know if you're gonna be in the room you want your time to be you know made use of and i feel like sometimes when you go into the room i mean it's COVID now so it's a little different but you know uh it's you walk in do your thing and okay good to see you thanks for coming in and then you know 45 minute hour drive back to your house you know what i'm saying so i felt like with this one it was i i left that audition being like oh i can like I feel f- fulfilled. You know, I, I've done some work today and I can go be proud of. I can go sit down, play some video games, scratch my butt, you know, and then feel really happy. So getting that call and saying like, you're, you know, welcome to the Power Series was like, you know, I already know it's going to be special because of how we work together in the audition. Nice. Yeah, I'm sure it's really nice to feel that sort of sense of creative expression when you go into an audition. I am not really familiar with like, you know, acting, I don't have experience in that, but I'm sure like that opportunity was very like, I guess just like with any like interview, you know, like you wanna feel comfortable. You wanna feel like, oh, I wanna work here too. Like, right. Not just, oh, they want me, but I want them sort of situation. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Um, what would you say are, there are any similarities between you and your character? Definitely. Um, Drew and I both know how to keep our mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we know how to, you know, stay, stick to the work and make the work the work and, you know, and separate that from our personal lives. We know how to um, compartmentalize. Um, and I, I you know, not to my own horn or anything, but I think that I'm very intelligent and I think that Drew's very intelligent, you know? Um, I think that we share that and I, that's, I, that's my way in with Drew is like through the intellectual side. Yeah. Are there any 
hard parts about playing him because he is, you know, a part of a drug cartel. And I'm sure you're not, I would hope you're not a part of that in real life. So I'll shut. So you're not even going to find out if I was or not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think the hardest part of playing Drew is, um, you know, finding the sweet spot between that dichotomy of, you know, separating work and and uh, love life. And so, you know, I think perfectly expressing Drew's emotional life and, you know, what he's feeling and what he's going through and the loss of his ability to create in the way he used to before um, and having to choose between that, that's tough emotionally. Um, it's really tough to, you know, have to go there and, you know, cause you know, for me personally, um, I'm not a visual artist, but my art is through my storytelling, right? My art is through my craft. And so to be told that in whatever capacity, I can't do that anymore, you know, it's like, that's devastating. So to, you know, to have to step in with that with Drew, you know, when he gets shot um, and having to deal with that injury and maybe potentially not be able to draw as adept as he once was, um, is is very scary to 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 think about to have to tap into, and is is very very scary place for Drew to go to. It, it you know it it hard it you know starts to build resentment. It you know makes him have to go to a darker place. Makes him have to choose you know um, make make grown man decisions. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think like you know um, that's probably been the the darkest and hardest thing I had to step into with Drew. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine that it's, it's scary to put yourself in that situation and imagine not being able to do something that you love doing. So that's interesting. Um, you, did you, when did you guys wrap filming for season two? I know it's coming out next month, so. Mm-hmm. We finished season two in August, late August. Okay. Um, and I've been home ever since. I'm back in Toronto. Oh, nice. Okay. So yeah. you, all right. So what can we expect from season two um, without giving away, I guess, too many spoilers since there's not a lot of time that we have to wait to watch it? Well, like I said, uh, you, you know, I always, I stand by this and I think like uh, everyone else in the cast can attest to this as well, as well as the fans. But I think that like everyone, you know, expect a lot of powerful work in this season from everyone. Um, expect a lot of crazy twists and turns, um, really well written episodes and, and character arcs um and expected to go deep and also be a fun ride at the same time we get to see you know um characters fleshed out in in different lights and um uh without without giving too much away i think like it's it's a, a deeper dive from season one okay so we get to know the characters a bit more. Yeah. It would be, we get an introspective look at who each character is. Mm. Okay. 
what's it like working so you play mary mary j blige's character's son what's it like working with her we family now yeah (laughs) um actually uh, yeah like it's it's been such a great time getting to work with her and talk to her and connect with her um all of us we we we, we gotten deep, deep in our bonds a little bit more and just talk about you know beautiful things and you know trivial things and fun things and you know um get to bond over like what shows we like and stuff uh, she put me on to some amazing shows uh amazing like some of the shows like i like you know thrillers and like you know shows with like big twists and you know psychological things and you know she put me on to this one show that was like all right i'll watch it and then i watched it and i was like oh (laughs) so what do you watch what what kind of stuff do you like so like um i think that one of the biggest examples of of a film or a show that got me in a way where I, that I didn't expect was like in recent times it was like Sharp Objects, for example, with um, Amy Adams and Chris Messina, and um, it was it was a great show. I, I watched it because I was like I was getting more into into Amy Adams' work, and I wanted to see you know uh, what she brought to this show, and I thought it was phenomenal. I thought the way the show was directed was phenomenal. I thought the cinematography, everything about the show was phenomenal. I I hyped this show, and I think I just came off of watching True Detective. Um, and you know, seeing things that I didn't expect from season one, and and so I was like on a high from that. And so when I watched Sharp Objects, I had to. It was like this: I started watching it on the plane, and then I got home and watched the rest, and then I finished it on the plane again. And when I finished the episode, I was like, "Oh, okay, cool. That's the story. I'm satisfied with the story. It was it was huge. It was great. It was beautiful." Then I got on Google, and they were like. Did you see after the credits and da 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 da? I was like, what? <laughs> so I went back, put it on, watched the after credit scene, and I was like, oh my gosh, I thought <laughs> I knew. And it really like took me for a loop. And so, um, you know, uh, I, I love shows like that. And so Mary told me to watch Behind Her Eyes on Netflix. And it's, I think it's a show based in Ireland. And um, uh, it's, you know, when you first watch it, it's only six episodes, which, which, again, right up my wheelhouse. Like, if you're gonna have an hour long episode, you, you minimum ten or maximum ten. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Going to the old twenty five, like you're not doing that. Ten is max. So it was. I was like, good. I could just sit down, watch it while I eat my food. You know, call it a day. And I watched this show, and I told my fiance about the show. I'm like, you gotta watch it. You're not gonna you're not gonna you know expect anything and I'm like all you gotta do I'm gonna tell you is what Mary told me pay attention that's it and you know I was blown away nice I have to watch that I I don't know if I've seen that on Netflix but I'm definitely gonna look into it I love thrillers and like you know like psychological thrillers and things that keep you on your toes and require you to like think and pay attention so that sounds like a really good series. And I did start watching Sharp Objects, but I haven't, I don't think I've made it past the first episode. I'm ashamed. You know, it's not for, I hear that. It's not for everyone, especially like, for me, I'm like, it's a show based in like Missouri. And mm-hmm. there's, a, there's not, I don't think there's a single black person in the show. And I, when that is the, was that what I get off, off rip? 
I go, I don't need to watch it right now. You know what I mean? Like, that's my first feeling. But, like, for me, the Amy Adams was a draw, so I watched it. I, I, that, that's what carried me through past the first episode. And it's a murder mystery, you know what I mean? Like, oh, I wanted to know who did it. Um, but uh, if you can pick it up again and, and make it past the first episode and continue on, it's a good, it's a really good journey. And I guarantee you, you won't expect, like, what the mystery is or whatever. You won't expect it. Cause I didn't, my fiance saw it coming cause I talked about it too much. <laughs> oh, so you spoiled it for her. I didn't spoil it, but I was like, I'm gonna get it. And it was like, oh yeah, keep watching. And, she, and when she finished it, she was like, you, you, you spoke too much about it. And I was like, ah, well now I learned from that. Like just watch the show. <laughs> All right, I, I will try to pick it up again and, and see if I can get into it. Um, with your love of like thrillers and things like that, do you think you would ever act in like a thriller, like psychological thriller or like possibly even horror movie? But, but to me, it has to have the quality of like seven. You know what I'm saying? Like something like where it's like, or it's like Shutter Island, you know, where it's like the twist is really something we don't see coming um, or that is, if you do see it coming it takes you in an interesting way that like you didn't see it coming in that way or you didn't see it coming in this in a, in a way you thought you know because I, I I'm really good at like predicting the ending of things or like you know being like okay this is this archetype so we're gonna go this way with it so what's that new take on that archetype where you know it really makes it interesting and enjoyful um especially for myself because like you know if I'm gonna be a part of something I want it to be impactful and innovative and different Mm -hmm. want to contribute to the same things the same narratives we've seen before um, especially because I think as artists and as storytellers we have a responsibility to change and to dictate what goes on in the world in a way yeah. so like for example like growing up watching Juice and New Jack City and Boys in the Hood and X, you name it you know what I mean it was a way to you, it, those stories growing up and not getting the lesson it, you can, you, you can feel like, oh, I want to be in the hood and I want to be this and I want to do that and I want to do this. And then you get older and you see the message, mm -hmm. you know, and you go, oh, this is what not to do. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, this is what, these are the things that lead us to our destruction. You know, these are the things, that, you know, so growing, getting older and now being in a position to make films, I'm like, okay, well, I, I want to make sure that we're, we're, we can contribute to the narrative in this way, you know? Yeah. So you also um, write, and I, you produce as well, right? You... Indeed, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So would you ever consider writing something like that? Like writing a- I have, I have. I've, I've written it that I feel like, you know, can be a part of the conversation of like something different mm -hmm. and, and we can- different um so i'm in the process of getting that made you know i'm shopping it around and, and i want it to be in the right hands i don't want it to just be made and just made um uh me and my my brothers we have a production company together and um we make our own, we've created our own things our own shorts our own plays um and we'd be producing this film as well uh i made a i wrote one short that we shot that i really enjoyed uh, the storytelling aspect of it, but I uh, I think the uh, actual shooting we didn't have much of a budget, and you know it, 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 we we finished it and I was like I don't want that coming out, 
<laughs> I was like, I don't want that coming out. It needs to be like, needs to be like, you know, like visual quality. I want, I want it to be in in the in the vein of like, you know, um, you name your favorite movie, like just the the aesthetics of it. I wanted to be something that was, like, you know, could you can be proud of, mm-hmm. and we still to this day we shot that in 2016 to this day i was like i don't know if we 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 color correct it and just finish it and put it out or if we just you know let it you know reshoot it or let this narrative grow into something different or whatever have you you know but we all got busy so it's a blessing in the the same time because we started this production company as actors being like we're going to create our own work because no one's making it for us and then we all got busy working and it was like oh i guess (laughs) <laughs> can't be mad at that you know what I mean yeah awesome so what made you well I guess you kind of already answered it when did you like start the production company we started a production company in like 2015 I think 2015 yeah yeah we started to get in 2015 as a way as a way to just like you know like I said create a, create our own work and then um at the time uh it was Alton Sterling who had we'd witnessed be murdered. And that story triggered all of us to like, you know, do more in the sense of our work because we're like, you know, especially I, I, I would assume that a lot of black actors feel this way when, you know, you're doing your thing, you're acting, you're enjoying the grind, enjoying the process, you're, you know, you're making money, you're doing whatever to help in, in your mind, you want to help, you want to assist, you want to, you know, give back, you want to do something. And then you, a story like that comes out where you're like, I ain't doing shit. You know what I mean? Like, it feels like that sometimes. And so we're like, how can you contribute in a way that makes a difference and that makes it, you know, makes things better for the, for the Black experience and for the human experience. And so we started writing, boom, 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 boom. We all like put stories and pitched and, you know, put it in a hat and decided which one we're going to, you know, go for. And it was it was the film that I wrote, The Old Proverb, and um, and we kind of went just went from there. We decided to like be a like legitimate production company from there, because uh, at first we was just like let's get together and you know keep each other honest and you know sh- steel sharpen steel kind of vibe, you know, and just like get together and you know write things and do monologues and just w- practice you know, in a community of actors and it just grew from there. Nice. Um, so the old proverb that you are talking about, is that what, that's not what you're shopping around right now, right? No, no, that's that, that, what I'm shopping around. I still got to work. Like this, this story is called All for Nothing. And it is, um, it is, it is, uh, and it's about to be in its fourth draft. And, um, and yeah, it's, I, I, I really like the story. I think when I wrote it, when I wrote it, I, I was in a different place. So now I got to a point where I'm like, okay, like I, I can let it go a little bit more um, and, and not be so precious with the story. Because again, I'm an actor. I'm an actor first and foremost. So I don't want to do anything else really. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like directing or maybe like I'll produce something, but like, I don't really want to like, like, even writing, like I enjoy writing and I enjoy think, think, you know, creating things like that for me. Like, I, you know, poetry, music, whatever have you, like, it's for me. And so, um, you know, writing a, a, a script and, like, being like, hey, I wrote a script over the pandemic. Or I finished the script over the pandemic because I started writing before that. 
um, let's get this in people's hands and then getting a story editor on board and being like, oh no, you gotta fix this. You gotta you know, restructure this, you gotta do this. I'm like, restructure, restructure, learn how to format a script, learn how to, what are you talking about? I act. <laughs> like that, I don't wanna do it. Like, you know what I mean? I was like, it's a form, like, I, like, can I just give this to a writer and just take care of that? Cause I don't even wanna, you know, um, at this point I was just like, I just wanna, primarily I wanna be the lead of the film. So in whatever capacity it needs, to be made at the highest quality and the highest meaning it can be made at and you know make sure the story is all locked in and good that means that i gotta not write it anymore i'm very very much so happy to not write this shit anymore like, <laughs> we're working on draft four now and i'm like oh my god I, I thought it was done by draft one you understand what i'm saying like you know what i mean i'm like i'm oh i wrote a script ain't nobody doing this like <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I, I understand because it's your baby and you're like, oh, I'm so proud of this. There's nothing that needs to be done now. Like it's perfect. And then another set of eyes is like, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. yeah. Fix this. No damn sense. I'm like, hey, no, no sense. You, don't you see it? It's like, no, I don't. <laughs> nice. So can you, all right, can you like tell us a little bit of, about what it's about? I don't want to, because I know you're like, still working on it so it's about a gangster who doesn't want to be a gangster no more it's okay. about a man black man in toronto um who is an enforcer for the mob and he and he experiences things like love like you know um well i could just tell you this it's it's about a man who is in one of the most violent professions you can possibly imagine and is, is trained in this way and then is introduced to a way of being that forces him to look at that way of, way of living and heal from that place. And then now with a healed perspective, can you still do what you've been doing? Mm. So I started off writing the script, which, which would like with, with this one question, which is, what does it look like when a gangster meditates? And it's kind of like going from there. Nice. It sounds interesting so far. I'm, I'm hoping that it comes to fruition and it, you know, and we get to see it at some point. Um, but it does sound really like intriguing. I'm curious to, to see what that's going to look like. Yeah, I know. Me too. Me too. Because I was like, I was like, what really does it look like when a gangster meditates? This is like, yeah. I want to do it to be hard. You know what I mean? Like, like the kind of way, like, I can't imagine my 50 cent meditating. He probably does. But what does it look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what does it look like? Like, is he sitting in the lotus pose and actually doing that? Or is he like, like lay back in my bed? Like, what, what does it really look like to see yeah. a black man who is, who is, who had to harden himself and then introduce this way that is naturally softening, release, letting go, relaxing. Um, and then can you still, it's almost like, you know, the, in, in writing, they, they have this like uh, term for the come to Jesus moment. Mm -hmm. Everything is like being shown to you and like you're, you're forced to change. Mm -hmm. Can you be, and we all have it in our lives in a way, right? Where I always say this, like God reveals himself to you, whether you like it or not, mm -hmm. right? And, and 
can you can you be introduced to God? Can can God reveal Himself to you, and you still be doing the same stuff? You know, and and can you honestly ask yourself those questions if you're doing the things and still be like, but I'm still gonna kill people on the weekend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and so yeah, it's really why I I think it's like you know something we've never seen before, and I think you know it's 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 definitely important because it shows a different way of being, and and I wrote it for people like my cousin. I wrote it for people like. You know, my people in my life that I come up, I'm of Jamaican descent. My dad's Jamaican. And so, you know, family members and people from my diaspora that, um, you know, still feel like they have to do the same thing and get, and get the same result. It's like, what if we do something different? What if yeah. we tried ways of being? What if we try, you know, and having to really face those things and, and analyze those things and look at those things and heal from those things? Mm. And you heal from that, you know? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, it sounds really, really, I love the, the concept. Um, it's, it sounds like it's going to be really, really interesting, really, really good. Um, so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that we get to see it. Um, I will. I, too. Yeah. Um, one last thing I want to touch on is you're engaged. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank awesome. You. How did that whole, how did you and your fiance um, meet and how did the proposal happen, all that stuff? Shout out to my brother, Adrian Walters, who is also another phenomenal actor because uh, Kiana Madera is my fiance mm -hmm. and she, you know, if you looked her up at all, she's, you know, a phenomenal actress. Mm -hmm. She did, uh, she's a lead of these three films that just came out this summer called Fear Street, mm -hmm. uh, did amazing and, um, yeah, so I, we, I know we've known each other now for the last almost five years. Um, we've been together for nearly five years. Um, but we know each other, like, this October, I guess it would be, like, our, our talk anniversary because we, we've been talking since then. Um, I know, known her since February of 2015. Yeah. Uh, no, 2014. 2015, 2015, it's 2015, damn it. 2015, February so 8th, whatever day, uh, whatever year. But um, <laughs> uh, when the, the NBA had the All-Star Weekend here in Toronto uh -huh. and, uh, and uh, you know, it was a, yeah, man, it was 2016. I'm not, I'm not tripping out, it's 2016. Um, but uh, it's just, it, 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 time has gone by so fast. Yeah that I'm like, it's really been almost five years. You know what I mean? It's trippy. So um, I, I proposed to her last year, right before the pandemic in January. And it was, I didn't, we didn't anticipate that it was gonna happen, right? Or anything, like locking down and we wouldn't be able to actually get married the way we wanted to for, you know, two years. Um, but I've always had in my mind, like a, like a very beautiful, extravagant, detailed wedding. And um, so us getting together, um, we've talked about the, the things we want to do and the things we want to have in terms of our wedding. And now we're getting to a point where we just, we might just get married in Ontario and have all our families just come here. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. damn. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we, we met, we bonded over acting. We bonded over the our love of the craft. Um, she met my friends and my friends, you know, automatically fell in love with her um, the way I did. And it was just like um, my boy, Adrian, uh, he was there at our place in New York at the time. And my grandmother was like, you make sure that if you're going to propose to Kiana that you record it because I want to see 
you know, the video on how you proposing to her. And I was like, I'll honor that for you. Even though like, I feel like it needs to be a private moment, I'll, I'll have something on video for you. So I set up this my phone, I set up my laptop and I was gonna record this thing. I, I, I um, put some uh, these flowers of, around the house and she was just coming back from Portland so she was just coming to New York and just be to see the space for the first time. And so I set up everything to that where it would be streamlined when she comes in, she has to walk through the bedroom and go to the guest room and balcony and all that stuff and come out into the living room. So I'm setting everything up still, making sure everything's nice and perfect. There was a furniture box that we had that I kept so I can be in the box, right? I'm setting everything up. All I hear is, a weird like knock sound at the door. She didn't knock or anything like that, but I heard something at the door that made me go, is she here? Got off the plane and she told me that she was coming, but I was like, let me get the Uber for you. She's like, nah, I'm gonna get it myself. So now I don't know when she's gonna be arriving. She said 20 minutes. I'm like, that could be any, it's New York, right? New York traffic. <laughs> yeah. So I go look out the peephole and I see her actually coming out of the elevator with her stuff. And it was the weirdest phenomenon because she had not come out of the elevator yet. So I don't know what sound I heard at the door, but it was like God alerting me that, oh, she's here, you better get in the box. So I ran, jumped in the box and closed it, but I forgot to record on my phone and on my laptop. No. So she comes, she's looking around, I can hear them. I was playing music at the time, thank God. So it was the music that I wanted on the playlist that I wanted and everything. She's walking through the house. She's like, what? what's going on here? I can see her reactions. And I'm shaking in this box being like, oh, like I don't know. like what the And she comes and I put open me on the box and she opens the box and there I am. I come out and say, will you marry me? Right. Mm-hmm. She's like, what the hell? And she's like, of course. Da, da, da. And we're hugging and we're, you know, it's very romantic and nice in my mind. I'm like, I didn't record any of this, but it's still fine because you know, it's, it's, you know, it's naturally going to happen. And it's great. Yeah. I forgot Adrian was there the whole time. And my boy hid in the bathroom and recorded. Oh my God. Before- and so I'm like, you got like, I was, it was oh like such a nice relief because I was able to send that right off to my grandmother and show her what it was. And we watch it back and make jokes and laugh about it and stuff like that. It was, yeah, it was a very great experience. That's Thank sweet. God she said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been really awkward if not. <laughs> Extremely awkward, you know? That's so cute. That's so creative. Um, and I like that it was just, you know, it was intimate, just, well, I mean, the three of you, but like, you know, really the two of you, that's so cute. Um, and it was funny earlier when you were trying to remember like the time frame. I'm married. And so like, I don't even try to remember when I met my husband. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean? Because yeah. all the, you want to, you want to honor and celebrate all those dates, but then all, like, all those dates become a lot. Like, just, first time yeah. When on our first date, when we go on first date, when we like when we first meet, when we first realize we liked each other, you know, all these dates have a time. And he's like, you know what? When do we get married? How about that? <laughs> When's our marriage anniversary? Okay, we can lock that one in. Yeah, everything just strings together at some point. It's just yeah. Congratulations on your marriage, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, um, we got married over the pandemic, actually, and I relate to what you were saying about not being able to, you know, we had this idea, we were looking at venues and everything, had everything set. And then we just wound up getting married in my parents' backyard here in Georgia. So. Oh, yeah. but that, that must be nice too. That's Georgia. 
Yeah, it was really nice. I mean, they have beautiful trees and stuff. There's um, like a creek, like lake thing behind the house. So it's very cute. It was nice, but you know, it's not the what you envision, but it's still, you know, it's still nice. So I'm sure y'all will have a beautiful wedding, even though, you know, it may not be the idea that you originally had. It'll, it, that's not a matter. It'll be I'm nice. fighting for it. I was like, well, maybe we, we could just get married in Ontario. I was like, we're locking it on somewhere else. And Ontario is very much like the back, 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 like second, third, <laughs> you know what I mean? Way down the line option and get, you know, I'm spoiled. Like I did not, I did not come all this way <laughs> to get married in the way I did not envision when I was a child, okay? Like we gonna do something that I envisioned, at least one thing. So, you know, um, we gonna see, but I don't know if you've seen Ontario venues. It's not, it's not <laughs> like a lot of like barn themed plaid shirts jeans kind of theme weddings going on. And I'm like, I'm not, that's not what I want. Yeah. And was at my parents' wedding because they got married when I was six. And we like, I think we did it in a, I think we did it in a church, something like that. But I remember like the, the, the after party reception hall was literally like, you know, the party room in a, in a condo. Oh, wow. Yeah, one of them joints, you know what I mean? So I'm like, <laughs> away. we made some money. You know, we, we, you know, we're hooping in the acting department. Like we got to like do something to like celebrate in a new way. And, and, and you know, and start something new in our family. So, yeah, I'm do. We gonna see. I will. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'm sure. Look, if you have an idea in your head, it's you. Hopefully, only do it one time. So that's what I'm saying. That's what I've been saying to Kim. Like, you only get one. Yeah. You only get one. Ideally. So <laughs> you know, let's make the most of it. We only do this once. Exactly. You know. Um, but I, and I really hear like that I'm I I envision that a Georgia wedding would be phenomenal. So I know like no matter what I know whatever vision you had in your mind, you get the twenty year in twenty years you get that you get to renew your vows. So maybe you want to do something then that commemorates it. Um, but I know that you had a fantastic time at the the uh, one in Georgia. Yeah, I did. Thank you. Um, and by the way, thank you so much for doing this. I I'm. I'm sure you're going to have a beautiful wedding. I can't wait to see pictures. I'm sure they'll be all on social media. So I'll be on the lookout for that. <laughs> but thank you so much for doing this, uh, for taking the time out. Um, is there anything that you would like to share? Anything you would like to plug? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, shout out to my boys, BDB, uh, Big Dreamers Brotherhood Productions. Um, shout out to the Porter that's coming out uh, very soon, probably either this year or the next year, um, about a wonderful Canadian television show. It's gonna be monumental in what it, what it portrays, what it does. It talks about the, the porters in the twenties and um, you know, all black, all beautiful, all amazing, very talented artists, Amel Amin, Ronnie Rowe Jr., my boy, Adrian Walters, Olenike, shout out to y'all. Um, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else, what else? I can talk about this. I'm gonna just say shout out to brother. That's it. I'm gonna say shout out to brother. And, and yeah, that's what it. What does that mean? <laughs> you gonna find out. Okay, <laughs> all right. Man, 
All right. Well, again, <laughs> thank you so much. And thanks everyone for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this episode of Time Out. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and share the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to follow us at SwaggerRS on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook.